Quantum Alchemy Radio, where a new perspective is a new reality. One slight shift. Imagine if one slight shift in perception can cause our perspective to become a new reality. Why not you? Why not now? Join us. Greetings, everyone. This is Anya your host for Quantum Alchemy Radio. So happy that you're here, whether you're listening live or you're listening when it's convenient for you through the archives. Welcome. So excited to be doing this show with you. And help us spread the word and share with everyone that, you know, if things come up and you need a little coaching on something, don't hesitate to share with other people, to go on ahead and call in and receive the coaching in the moment, quantum alchemy laser coaching. What this is all about is the premise of quantum alchemy radio really is to showcase the work that I do and the power of shifting in the moment. Because when when you shift through having a shift in perspective, then your reality can shift. And that's what I'm all about. So Spread the word, folks. Don't hesitate. Call in, and we'll just jump in and get into coaching. Except in the first segment, that's where I dialogue with the co-host, and we just talk about topics that are really relevant um, to the work that I do. So let's check in. Um, Ruth, are you here? I'm here. Hello, Anya, and hello to all the listeners. So welcome, Ruth, from the U.K. Woo! Is it, what is it? How did I say it? It's across the pond. Across the pond. Yeah, that's right. And what is <laughs> the Atlantic that pond? Ocean being the pond? Oh, <laughs> the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> it's that a big reminds pond. me when I <laughs> when I lived in Michigan for a while, and I was brand new to Michigan, and I saw the Great Lakes. Honest and true, Ruth. I mean, geography was not my my strength, you know, in school. I was too busy off daydreaming in other dimensions. Anyway, I asked, you know, what ocean is this? And the person with me looked and went, it's a lake. <laughs> but to me, it, it, I, all I could see was water and these waves. So, yeah, yeah, that, that going across the pond reminded me of that. Right. So, great topic today, listeners. Great topic. One of my favorite topics, actually. So, the show... Our conversation is being built around, are you an empath? Do you feel other people's feelings? And why? So again, are you an empath? And do you feel other people's feelings? And why? So I would ask at this point, what the heck is an empath? Now, in my world, I consider myself to be highly empathic. And so we'll look at what does that mean and how does that fit into the work that I do. So, Ruth, if you're willing, let's, excuse me, let's get a definition around that. So let's check in, let's maybe Wikipedia, something like that. What are they saying about what an empath is, their idea? 
Well, I like to check out a couple of things. One thing that I also like to check is what they call the etymology, etymology, E-T-Y-M-O-L-O-G-Y, and that's the origin of a word. Where do we get the word from? And so the origin of empathy comes from the Greek, from ancient Greek, which is the beginning of the word M, E-M, means in, and the Greek pathos, which means feeling. So literally, the, in ancient Greece, the word empath meant in feeling. And then our, our modern day interpretation of that, which is from Wikipedia, is, uh, so Wikipedia says, empathy is the capacity to recognize emotions that are being experienced by another sentient or fictional being. Then it goes Ooh. on to say one may need to have a certain amount of empathy before being able to experience accurate sympathy or compassion. That's one to sit with right there, Ruth. Um, do you mind reading that again? Sure. The one from Wikipedia is, uh, empathy is the capacity to recognize emotions that are being experienced by another sentient or fictional being. One may need to have a certain amount of empathy before being able to experience accurate sympathy or compassion. Mm-hmm. So I find that very interesting, Ruth. Um, what got my attention in particular was the impact in feeling. So that I, I want to fly with that right there, is in feeling. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how, if I say to someone, you know, I'm an empath, I'm highly empathic. That just sums it up right there. I'm in feeling. Now the question as we pursue this, the question will become, whose feeling are you feeling? And is it possible to feel another person's feeling? So we're going to look at the all of that. So words. You know, here we go with words, words, um, labels, words that have become labels. I'm an empath, blah, blah, blah. Words that have become labels is where it gets really, really tricky for me. Um, For example, in listening to a wonderful um, YouTube video of someone I have the deepest and greatest respect for, which is Byron Katie, and she does the work that's called actually the work. And, um, you know, her work boils down to who would you be without your story. So looking at people's story about a situation or themselves, and she works with them that way. There was an interesting YouTube video where she is speaking with a woman who considers herself to be an empath and highly empathic and so on. And so she's talking about that, the way she feels other people's anger or you know, whatever, not, you know, whatever feeling it is. And this is only a clip, Ruth. It's not the whole thing. So I can't speak to what went on. However, so Byron does mention that you cannot, you cannot feel another person's feelings. And what she said to the woman was, how is that possible? Your body is your body. My body is my body. How can I feel your feelings? How can you feel my feelings? And then she went on to say, mention people who are empaths, um, that, that that's an egoic place to come from, you know, 
that I'm an empath and I can feel these things, you know, that's that's the place from which you come, came from. Now, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. Great respect for Byron Katie. What was interesting is it got a lot of people thinking about it as to, well, what is an empath? And am I an empath? And and what does it mean? And so right here, in feeling, that is what's most important to me right now, is in feeling. You are in feeling. And then deciphering, well, whose feelings are you feeling? In this case with this woman, I could tell she was going right in on her for impact. She wanted to really impact her. Um, so that's why she approached it the way she did. So let's look at that. On um, yeah, so I can only speak for myself in this moment, listeners. So, so for me, what is what is what is empathy? What is empathy? And for me, it's not. Let's see. It's not when I feel for another person. It's what I feel when I am with another person or thinking of that other person. It's what I feel. And oftentimes, what I feel, if I mention to them this is what I'm feeling, they validate that that is what they were feeling. How interesting is that, Ruth? Mm, that's pretty amazing, yeah. yeah. Right? So uh, is it really amazing, Ruth? Well, it depends on what <laughs> it depends exactly. on what, you, what you're looking at. Ex- mm-hmm. Exactly. That's and that's the whole point. So, is it really amazing, or is there something going on in the connection of who we all are, in the oneness of who we all are, in the oceanic consciousness of who we all are? We are all connected. So when they do this experiment where this baby, young baby in a high chair is engaging with the mother and the mother's really right up in the baby's face and the baby's, you know, really responding beautifully and reaching out to the mother and the experiment is um, to make the mother's face go blank, expressionless. So the mother turned her head away, turned back at the child and just had a blank face. So interesting to watch this baby try to get the mother to engage and then watching the baby feeling and and responding and reacting to that lack of connection and turn it the baby turned its head away as well. So what's what's going on with that? So lots to consider here, Ruth. So what mm-hmm. what are your thoughts so far? Well, I've seen in, in your workshops, and I, I just want to remind listeners who maybe don't know who you are and have, have never experienced your work, that Anya has been working in the field of human development for over 20 years to include regular um, emotional release workshops 
which she co-facilitates with uh, with a therapist. And in, in, in her work, I've seen Anya go to depths of emotional intelligence and emotional uh, language that most of us can even possibly imagine. And I have a background in nursing and midwifery and never ha- only what I thought I knew, which was quite a, a lot about uh, interpersonal relationships and interpersonal dynamics, was really just the tip of the iceberg compared to the depth of work that Anya does. And I want to say that just so that people know where you're coming from, Anya, in, 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 the, in the depth of your experience on this subject. And so I've seen you work with people differently depending on where the person is at and where the person's coming from. Because I've sure. seen you, you match where the person person's at, and I've heard you talk about this and why you do this, and maybe you'll say something about that. You match, you go in where the person's at, you match them, and then you take take them take them deeper. And I think that's what Byron Katie was doing in that that particular example that you gave, because the woman came in saying, "I think." She started, and I thought, oh, I just knew what you would do with that sentence if it was you and not Byron Katie. The woman came in with, I think I have my own life mixed up with what I see. So I think she was coming from a cognitive level, and I've read in some of the research um, and some of the documentaries that we, you and I have watched on you about empathy that the, the scientists who are studying emotional intelligence make a distinction between cognitive empathy, which is mm-hmm. thinking what another person might feel or imagining what another person might feel, but it's a mental concept as opposed to affective empathy, which is where moods, emotions, and feelings are actually involved. And in one documentary, we saw how a psychopath, a criminal, actually used empathy, cognitive empathy. He was able to accurately predict what other people would be thinking, uh, sorry, what other people might be feeling and he could use that against them for whatever I don't know whatever crime he was he was going to commit but uh, mm-hmm. so he certainly was was not on a on a on a, an evolutionary path towards compassion and yet he was described as having an accurate empathy of a certain kind so mm-hmm. i think it's very important to 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 start making distinctions in 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 the kinds of empathy that there could possibly be and the different levels involved and that's, right. that's where your work is in, Anya. And so for anyone who may be listening, check in with yourself, folks. Check in with yourself. Really pay attention to your body and, you know, what you're feeling before you connect with someone and then notice if there's changes within you. It's because your body is um, a guidance system that is telling you um, what is true for you in any moment. You know, we'll have to do a show, Ruth, on the messages of emotions, on emotional intelligence. That would be a fun thing to oh, do. Oh, yeah. That'll be yeah. brilliant. So, so connecting to your body and feeling your feelings is what is most important because then when you're connecting with another person and your feelings shift or change, then you can realize, is this my feeling or am I picking up something else? From another person. Person, I go back to the animal kingdom, Ruth, where you just have to look at nature, dogs, cats, pets. They feel the feelings of the owners without question, and you can see the animals respond to that. 
So let's sit with that just for a moment, folks. And and as you go more into your body using your breath, just pay attention to your breath, go into your body and just feel, how am I really feeling right now from the top of my head, scan all the way down to the tip of your toes? How am I feeling? So sit with that. Let's come in with a promo, Ruth. Um, folks, we have a 30-second promo, just a way of introducing you to my practice, my website, and what I do while you're scanning how you are really feeling. When, if you are really ready for a quantum leap in your life, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially, or relationally, visit AnyaSophiaMan.com Visionary Intuitive Coaching and Consultant AnyaSophiaMan.com I'll see you there. Are you ready? <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> oh, the magic and the magic that, that um, just over so many years of of working at this level. Actually, it's a multidimensional level. That's another show, Ruth, multidimensional communication. And um, mm-hmm. just reflecting on that, this, that's what I do at this time of the year. I usually take right around that Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving period of time and just reflect on the different people that, you know, that I've worked with and the beautiful shifts that have happened in their life. So I'm, I invite all of you, check out the work that I do. It's Anya, A-N-Y-A, at AnyaSophiaMan.com. That's S-O-P-H-I-A-M-A-N-N.com, AnyaSophiaMan.com. So, yeah, Ruth, um, yeah, I think of some examples in in my own life. For example, my um, granddaughter, Sienna, who's five, and now here we have these precious little beings that have come into the world, and they're not conditioned yet. So they're still very connected to their bodies to the degree that they can be at five because conditioning is already happening, familial conditioning, societal conditioning. Now she's in school, so she's getting conditioning there. But they come in already connected, already feeling. Now, again, I'm in as much curiosity, Ruth, excuse me, as everyone else might be listening to this show. I'm in as much curiosity about the different degrees of empathy and what really is empathy and what really is it all about if you if you can feel other people's feelings and why. So back to Sienna, for example. Um, there was a show that happened to have had just music and the tsunami, the wave of the tsunami, most of us have seen it, as it was coming in um, to Japan. Only music, no words, and she didn't know anything about it. It happened to be at that point up on the screen on the TV, And she was sitting on the couch. Nobody else, you know, was talking or saying anything. And just as it started, actually just a tad before it actually showed up on the screen, Sienna put her hand on her stomach and she said, Nana, 
I don't want to see this. I want to close my eyes. I don't feel good. I don't want to see this. Now, Ruth, how does a child of five that knows nothing about that tsunami that happened, was it a year ago now, Ruth, or two? I think it might have been two. or Early 2012, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. 2012. Yeah, well, well, well. So now here you have a child picking up on this and knowing nothing about it. So what is that about? Mm. Right. Is that evidence that we truly do feel past, present, or future? Certainly Mm. something was going on with her at that point because that was a past event. However, for her... It was an energy that was here in the present that she was feeling and responding to that had nothing to do just with this picture that looked, it just looked like a wave that was coming in. There was no really signs of destruction yet. But how interesting is that, Ruth? Yes, I think it speaks to these different levels as as well, Anya. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. one of the one of the the newest the newest ideas and it's still not widely accepted is what they call the field theory of mind and scientists have for for many many years you know over a hundred years been asking the question what is mind what is our mind and mm-hmm. um, the and in the east in the eastern traditions it has to be said like in India and Tibet and China mind includes emotions. Whereas in the West, we tend to think of mind just as thoughts and thinking and our emotions are something something separate. But um, the the field theory of mind says that the mind is out there. It's a, it's a field. It's an electromagnetic field. And that our, what our brains are are like, uh, you know, radio, radio receivers or TV receivers that actually just tune in to different frequencies within within the mind and that we do have an individual experience because of our individual brain wiring but that the mind itself is a, is a collective thing like Jung's, Carl Jung's idea of the collective consciousness but when we're, when we're locked in individual mind as in cognitive thinking cognitive activity, mental activity blocks us, it blocks our experience of uh, feeling what's going on in the field and the more that we can move into um, a feeling state, and that's why emotions are key, uh, the more we can tune into this field theory of, you know, this field mind. So, so I think that's the interesting piece. And I think that, that for me, explains the distinctions between the two types of uh, empathy. Whereas if you're only thinking or imagining what someone else is feeling, you're not really tapped into that field Yes, that that collective field where we all right. experience, where we each other, you know, we experience the oneness of our humanity. And when mm-hmm. we do, when we move more into the affective empathy, when we move in more into the feeling state, that's when mm-hmm. we're more aware of our connectedness. And that's then when compassion comes in, because it, you can't in oneness. How can you hurt another? Because you're hurting yourself. Yeah. Right. Right. So, listeners, I am really curious as to where you are in all of this. Don't hesitate to 
to drop an email off as to your curiosity about this. If you want to talk and chat more about it, don't don't hesitate to connect with me on the topic. Just send off an email to Anya, A-N-Y-A, at AnyaSophiaMann.com. I would look forward to those emails. And also, if there are any topics that you're really interested in that you'd like to see the show about. So, Ruth, the, the, the thinking, the thinking, the thinking that you know what that person is feeling. What, you know, the second is affective, affective empathy. What was the first? Cognitive. Right. Cognitive is, is thinking. Right. Yeah, that's using the, yeah, the right. cortex. And it's the most, I would say that that probably is the one that people connect to the most. Mm-hmm or understand when they think of empathy. Right. So truly, in feeling is the one that works for me. When I look back to, you know, some of the pieces of, of the work, let's even even going to the point of, um, and again, now we're back to labels, folks. And I'm not real big on labels. So whether it's empath or you know, medium, I also happen to be able to connect with the consciousness of those who've crossed over, the label that would, you know, be stuck on that is medium. Point being is there's something going on that's way beyond our um, cognitive understanding, if you will, that actually happens on an experiential level that is evidenced by the people receiving the information, for example, in this case, of people who've crossed, that I I know nothing about that person. Only their loved ones and relatives are validating, yes, 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 this is true about that person, someone I've never met. So again, now we're back to past, present, future. Is it really such a thing? Or are we really tapped into this this fabric, this this matrix, this field, whatever language we want to use, where we are all connected collectively in the in the collective consciousness, all kinds of languaging we can wrap around it. But for you, the listener, start really just tapping into your own body, paying attention to how do I feel today? In this moment, how do I really feel head to toe? scanning your body, and then as you move move about the cabin, as they say, Ruth, <laughs> and you go to the mall mm-hmm. and you go to the grocery and you go to work and you get in someone else's car and you, you feel something and you're like, oh, what was that? Or you walk, have you ever walked into a room and go, whoa, something doesn't feel right? It's, it's kind of just like if you walked into a, a, you know, a room and someone just burnt toast. You're like, whoa, something doesn't smell right. Something doesn't feel right. It's the same. That that is empathic. You are in feeling, and it's what how you perceive and receive that feeling, and what you do with that feeling. In my case, I use it as often a feedback system to the other person, saying, "This is what I'm feeling. How are you feeling in that?" And they'll, you know, they'll validate. Yeah, that's exactly what I was feeling. And the way in which I know that it's it's not mine is because as soon as the person validates it, it lifts from me. It's only there as information for me. You know, someone lights a cigar in the room and your back is turned, you go, ooh, 
someone just lit a cigar. You don't even need to see it. The smell, it is information. So when you're really highly empathic and you're connected to and highly sensitive in your feeling, you can sense and feel these things. And then, you know, you discover validation of them. For example, I turned around and saw the guy with the lit cigar, you know, using that example. So, Ruth, can you can you think of something in your own life where you would consider it, uh, you know, a highly empathic moment? No, nothing comes in this moment because what where my mind was at, I was thinking actually about mood contagion and about how how coaching actually helps Anya because um, what mood contagion is 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 what you were just talking about in in psychology they call it mood contagion or affect right. contagion where emotions are actually contagious they spread so you, you're having a nice happy day you walk into a room where somebody's angry and next minute everybody in the room's angry it's kind of spread like it was a virus and um and they call they call that mood contagion and so most most of us unless we've got some degree of emotional intelligence is uh we become a victim to that we, like, oh, you've spoiled my day now, I was having a good day until you got angry, now I'm angry, I'm going to be angry all day. And, um, and so what coaching does is it, it, it uh, because of this idea, this scientific idea about neuroplasticity, that our brains can become rewired. Um, coaching helps us to change because through reframing some of the coaching techniques on you that you've used so far here on the call and in your intuitive coaching now calls, when you're up-languaging and reframing with people, you're actually allowing the brains to become rewired so they have a different individual experience and they're able to then hold a different tone in that room and not so much be affected by the emotions in the room but hold an emotion of their own. If that makes sense. Kind of a bit all over right. the map there, but I was trying to weave, weave these pieces together, you know, that, uh, that, that you know, the, this idea that there are different levels, mm-hmm. that when, we, when mm-hmm. we get to a certain level with emotional intelligence, we can actually hold the tone absolutely. and not be so absolutely. Yes. about by other people's emotions. Yes, let's chat a little bit more about that, Ruth. In particular, I'm thinking about the residential workshops that I do and some of the fascinating um, shifts that have happened there as a result directly of what you're saying. I want to come back to the, if you consider yourself to be one of those people who feels feelings, feelings. I want to uh, feel people's feelings. That was a tough one. Toy boat, toy boat, toy boat. (laughs) because I'm right there with you, and it was quite a journey, folks, all my life of realizing that I wasn't those other people's feelings and, and to be able to decipher my own feelings. That was quite a journey throughout my life. And then as it turns out, you know, in the work that I do, it's a very positive thing to be able to be so highly sensitive that you, you're tapped in, tuned in, you know, to what's out there in the field. You know, I think of Roots of Empathy, Mary Gordon. Folks, a fantastic book. Again, it's Roots of Empathy, Changing the World, Child by Child. And 
that's by Mary Gordon. She has a wonderful website. Ruth, want to say a bit about Mary and, and tie some of this into her work? Yes, she uh, is based in Canada, and she's an educator. And she started a program, a very, very interesting program, where uh, she takes, <laughs> she doesn't take babies as in kidnap them. The mothers, the mothers go along as well. She has a volunteer, mothers and babies. And she goes to schools with a, with a mum and a baby. And there's a specific program where she sits down with the children and with this baby. And they have a little dialogue. They have a little conversation around, you know, the children, you know, interacting with the baby and asking, you know, how the children, how they, you know, what they think the baby's feeling, what they think the baby's experience is, what happens when the baby cries. And it's, it's just a beautiful program on so many levels to just see this interaction between the children and the babies. And it's not the same baby every time. What, what I found interesting was that... Um, what I found interesting was that they take different babies in and the children get to see the different babies' personalities and how mm-hmm. the baby doesn't have to feel happy all the time. Sometimes the baby can feel sad and sometimes the baby might cry. And that that's okay as well. So the children are learning a lot about emotional intelligence from this program in in seeing the... In, in, in their ability to read the baby's expression and what the baby might be feeling with these various expressions. And also in terms of the, the, the full range of human feelings and emotions is actually okay. All of that is okay. So yeah. it's, it's a beautiful program. And it's gone global. It's been so yeah. successful. Uh, yeah. So that they didn't set out. It wasn't designed as a program to stop bullying in schools, but that has actually been one of the side effects because the children have become more compassionate as a result of being more empathic, having more empathy. Right. And it's, it's gone global now. They're starting uh, um, roots of empathy programs in Scotland and England and the USA and Canada and Australia, New Zealand, Spain, a lot of countries now. And uh, you can go to the website, which is rootsofempathy.org. If you're interested, you can actually sign up. You can be trained to be a Roots of Empathy facilitator, and you can, with help and support, you can you can actually get a a Roots of Empathy program going in your own neighbourhood if if you're that keen. It's, a, it's right. an amazing program. Right. Uh, my understanding, Ruth, and and I, and I could be off on this. My understanding is that it is the same baby for the entire year. That is part of the commitment that the volunteer makes. So whoever brings the you know the baby, it's usually an infant. Actually, they will they will progress with that baby. It will be the same baby for the entire year. And to watch the results of what happens, yeah, they call it the green blanket, folks. I think it's the green blanket. And basically everybody sits on the green blanket and watches this baby and and the interaction of this baby with the other children. And um, I think of, there's a, they titled a chapter in the book, Ruth, The First Relationship, the Foundation of a Healthy Society. Absolutely. Mm. The first relationship, the foundation of a healthy um, society. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing, this thing, empathy. <laughs> I'm all about empathy for anybody who knows me. It's, you know, so develop that in yourself, folks. Develop the, uh, 
ability to be empathic. And, of course, the emotional intelligence piece comes in there as well. So you have to be able to feel your feelings and have the capacity to be able to do that. If more people, Ruth, would focus inward, go in, hang out inside for a while, five minutes a day just as a beginning, checking in while you're, I can't think of a better place than while you're driving your car, while you're driving along. Every time you stop at a red light, that's your, that's your time to stop, breathe in, Go inside and just see what's there. How am I feeling now? How am I feeling now? A little tight in the tummy, you know, tingling in the right leg, whatever it might be. How am I feeling now? A little agitated with the traffic. Just notice, how am I feeling now? And that can then be the beginnings of choosing to feel differently. But that's another show for right now. Just going inside and um, being empathic with yourself, being able to feel yourself. And that's how you begin to start to feel other. So, Ruth, let's, I, I, I have a feeling that it's relevant in this moment. Let's move in to um, talk a little bit about life tips and, and maybe we'll. Drop in life tip number one here. Okay. So on uh, in the previous two shows, we actually pl- played, uh, sorry, Anya actually spoke about one of her everyday life coaching tips from lifecoachingmagazine.net. But also on Life Coaching Magazine, Anya has got, in, in the everyday life coaching section, she's got, so far there are four life tips, which are just fantastic little tips for everyday living. So uh, I don't know if you want me to say anything about it, Anya, or should we just go ahead and, and listen to life Yeah, let's go one? for it, and we'll chat a little bit um, about what's there, Ruth, after. So they're only about you know two to three minutes long, and they're just great little snippets for uh, just advice, really, and, and, and support for life. So here we go. This is life tip number one, and this is from lifecoachingmagazine.net. Hi, everyone. It's Anya from Life Coaching Magazine with the life tips section. So here we go. Life tip number one, reach up for guidance. Reach out to serve. Reach around for support. Reach down to ground you. Reach. Hmm. There's lots there. So I'm just going to repeat it again. Reach up for guidance. Reach out to serve. Reach around for support. Reach down to ground you. Reach. Hmm. The thought of doing even any one of those aspects is enough to bring you outside of yourself. What happens with daily living is that we become constricted and we close in, especially when we start protecting ourselves unconsciously from the daily stresses. 
So this is why I come in with reach up for guidance. Look up at the sky. Look up at the clouds. Look up at the sun. Look up at the moon. Look up at the stars. It will start to expand your consciousness. And it will begin to expand your horizon and take you out of the stresses of closing down in our everyday world and reach out to serve. Look whose hand that you might be able to hold for a while because reaching out to serve takes you outside of yourself, provided you are doing that from within to without. So reach out to serve and reach around for support. Look around you for people, places, and situations that can support you. And one of the most important things is if you're reaching out for guidance and you're reaching out to serve and you're reaching around for support, reach down to ground you. Put your feet on the ground. Ground in all of that expansion that's happening as a result of the reach. So reach down, touch the ground, put your feet on the ground, and ground. And enjoy yourself and each other. Bye for now. Yeah. Just that is so, um, the visual that comes with that and the physical feeling in my body with that, um, you basically can use your arms to remind you of that whole piece and it takes you 10 seconds to do it. Basically, you're just putting your arms up in the air, bringing your arms down and around and behind you, and then bend forward and just put your hand on the ground. We can get so constricted during the day, Ruth. You know, with all that we're doing, we forget yeah. about who we are as human beings, sentient beings. And we get constricted and contracted. And so in addition to just using your breath to go inside, there is an inside of you at a red light, just breathing at a red light. And then maybe when you start your day, which is how I start my day with this, is yes, reach up for guidance. What does that mean, reach up for guidance? For you, whatever is up and out there, Whatever's up and out there, life, the universe, God, you know, the sky, Timbuktu, you know, whatever's there for you, reach up. Don't forget to reach up to get guidance and ask and reach out, palms up from my heart. I put my hands out, reach out to serve. We are here to be in service. Um, we are all moving each other along the way. That's what we're here to do is to walk each other home, so to speak, to walk each other into a greater expression of ourselves from a very connected place and reach around for support. Put your hands out beside you. Who's there? Who's there to support you? So you put your hand out, both hands, whose hands are holding yours in any moment, depending upon the situation you need support in. So reach out for support and reach down to ground you. There is earth beneath you. There is a magnetic field. Connect with it. 
in that, you will begin to feel the expansion of you above and beyond the contracted you that's you know gets twisted and tied up and tightly wrapped throughout the day with all the things that are going on in your life. So simple, simple life tip there, folks. So like anything in life, it's only as good as are you going to take it on board and put it in to your practice for a while and see if that makes a difference for you. So Ruth, let's jump back and let's take what's gone so far and, if you will, tie it all in. Give us an overview. What have what have we talked about so far, and how does it all fit into being an empath and fit into some of the work that I do and how it affects people? If you're willing, Ruth, would you do that? As you do sure. so beautifully. <laughs> <laughs> so we so we spoke about empathy. We gave a definition of empathy from from uh, Wikipedia, and we looked at the yes. origin of the word empath, which means in feeling. And then yes. you spoke a little bit about um, your experience of being empathic, and and we we looked at Byron Katie, where she seems to be saying that we can't feel other people's feelings. Mm. So that took us into talking about the two different levels, at least two different levels of empathy. Whether that empathy is just cognitive empathy, just thinking or imagining what other people feel, or whether it's a deeper affective empathy, where we're feeling what other people feel. In which case, we're probably more attuned or tuned into the field, the magnetic field, based on the field theory of mind, rather than just the localized cognitions or thoughts that are in our own mind, our own mental experience. And then you just led us into, we spoke a little bit about Murray Gordon's initiative, which is fantastic for for cultivating empathy in schools, and that that leads to compassion, the evidence of which is that the bullying, uh, the levels of bullying reduced in the schools. And then you just led us to a beautiful life tip where, as you were talking about reaching in all directions, I thought, wow, this is actually sensing in all directions, up, down, and around. We're sensing the field. So I have got to test this. I'll do this as an experiment and see if we do this every day, will that cultivate more of the affective kind of empathy because we're more Mm. attuned to the field? I think it might, Mm. Anya. That might be an experiment for the listeners to try and then get back. We'll let you know what, you know what the experience is of that. Absolutely, totally. So, that is uh, totally my point in bringing that forward. Absolutely, Ruth. And so in, in this moment, um, let's, you know, we all need all the support. Speaking of reaching out for support, we all need the, the most support that we can get in starting to realize who we are as beings and why we're here and is it by random, is it by choice. And so on that note, Ruth, absolutely I'm wanting to jump in here with the promo for Soul Path Astrology. It's unlike regular astrology, folks. It's really looking at your energetics, the energetics that you were born into the moment you were born and how they influence the direction of your life. Let's jump in with that promo, folks. By the way, it happens to be Ruth. <laughs> 30 seconds. Your Soul Path Astrologer. 
RuthHaddigan.com. If you're asking, who am I? Why am I here? What is my purpose? There are answers. You were born with them in your astrological mandala. Focus session with RuthHaddigan.com. Ruth answers your deepest questions about your life and relationships. But now, RuthHaddigan.com. Yes, listeners, my personal soul path astrologer is Ruth Haddikin, and where that ties in right now is your the the what you were born into, the energetics of what you were born into, is not by chance. For example, Ruth, if you would, you know, you have my total permission, maybe say a little bit about um, being born in the week of the impact. That's in my soul astrology, right in my chart. Okay, so uh, there's a, 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 a terms of astrologers who actually took every single week of the year and had a look what people who were born in a certain week of the year actually had in common. And so most of us, if you know a little bit about astrology, you know a little bit about the 12 zodiac signs and so we know people born at certain times of the year have got something in common and people born under certain elements have got something in common. So all of the water signs, for example, that would be Cancer, Scorpio and Pisces, all of the water signs are known for being um, empathic. Uh, it's all about feeling. Water signs are all about emotions and feelings. And then if we actually look at cancer in particular the sign of cancer they're all about uh, emotional intelligence and then if we look at the first week of cancer everybody who's born within the first week of the can of cancer that's known as the week of the empath so all ca- all water signs are empathic but of all the water signs cancerians are the most empathic and of all the cancerians people born in the week of the empath are the most empathic of all and um anya was born with the sun in cancer so, and she was actually born in that week, so she was born in the week of the empath. And no accident that you brought that life tip forward on you about reaching up and down and reaching around mm. and reaching out for support, because in actual fact, the cancerian is, cancer is so empathic because cancerian consciousness is the consciousness of sensing. It's, all cancerians have a kind of a sensing capacity, kind of like a radar that you can send out. And, uh, right. and when it comes back, you can sense what's going on in the field. So all yeah. cancerians have this ability to a greater or lesser degree to actually sense what's happening in the, the field, in the field of the mind, in the field of, of human consciousness. Mm. So that's the week of yes. that's the week of the empath and ca- cancer. Yes, and so Ruth, it brings me back to my childhood, you know, as being labeled, you know, by family, by school, you know, schoolmates, and ah, oh, you're so sensitive, you know, you're so mm. sensitive, you know, car sick and all those things. You're so sensitive when, in fact, there it is, right in my energetics in my you know soul path astrology right there that i'm so sensitive <laughs> <laughs> well cancer is a 
cardinal sign. And all of the cardinal signs are leaders in some way. And people with the sun, moon, or rising sign in cancer might not think of themselves as leaders, but cancerians actually lead in the field of emotional intelligence. And it's a greater intelligence that would not have been recognized when you or I were at school when uh, just intellectual or cognitive intelligence was um, was was given more uh, weight, more value. And they didn't okay. even know what emotional intelligence was. So uh, now the, the, uh, psychologists and scientists are looking into multiple, multiple intelligences. So the kind of school... Uh, education that most of us experienced was very, very narrow in that it only recognized one form of intelligence. And there are many forms of genius or intelligence. Right. And so right. I think of the Shaolin monks. Whenever I think of cancer and uh, the week of the empath, I think of the Shaolin monks and the intense training that they have, masters, masters in martial arts. And they can tell a master, a Shaolin master, could be sitting in meditation and he can tell if somebody is about to attack him from behind yes, before yes. the person has even made a move. He can tell when the person intends yes. to attack them. He can yes. sense the intention because his sensing capacity, which for them is highly valued and valuable, his sensing capacity has been perfected, has been built on and been perfected, whereas in our society it gets ignored. So you don't think of yourself as being a genius because you have sun in cancer, uh, but you are a genius in a, in a different kind of a way, not, not uh, yes. necessarily intellectual genius, but you may be, but you've definitely got this sensing capacity. You've got a yes. kind of a genius in the realm of emotional intelligence. Yes, absolutely, Ruth. I, I, I understand that because um, I, I can actually feel people's thoughts, mm. you know. Mm. And I think of a time um, we were in a gathering and I actually saw people's thoughts, meaning there are these, <laughs> it was like, it was like being looking, looking in a an aquarium, a small aquarium, and seeing the fish drive, uh, drive by, swim <laughs> by. Okay. And I was sitting in a circle with these people, and and we were in a gathering, and I was actually watching thought forms pop out of people's heads. They were these fluorescent colors and all these geometric shapes. You know, and so I, it happened to be a meditation that we were doing, and, and I said to the person, so do you notice that you're thinking? And they looked at me and said, how do you know I'm thinking? I said, because I can see your thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. watching them pop out of your head, you know. haven't done any drugs a day in my life, but there you go. The point is, is that, yeah, we can feel each other on many levels, and depending upon the sensitivity to that feeling state, it can actually become a visual. So, yeah, we all have this capacity, listeners. It's to what degree are you plugged into it? To what degree are you... Go ahead, Ruth. Sorry, Anya, go ahead. Well, that reminds me of the, the origin, the etymology, the origin of the word tel- telepathy. Telepathy. Mm-hmm. In this day and age, that's come, it's come to mean 
Uh, we think it means reading other people's minds. But to the ancient Greeks, and, and you know, Pythagoras was said to be able to hear the music of the spheres. So the, they were yes. more tuned into this field than, than we are now. We've lost a lot of this ancient wisdom. But they knew about the field and, and how to tune into it. And the word tele means distance. And pathos or pathy, as we've already said, means feeling. So the original mm. meaning of the word telepathy meant distance feeling. And it yes. spoke to this sensing, sensing capacity. Yes, yes. Beautiful, Ruth. And, and so what that brings to my mind in this moment, Ruth, is, um, you know, I, let's see, how do I say this, folks? Okay. Not to misunderstand all the references to myself, I am I am as as wondering about all of this as all of you. Thus, the show Quantum Alchemy, you know, discovering what are these things really all about. This is a life that I live and I experience. So we're exploring what are those things. I, you know, we all have those abilities. So to go along with what you just said, Ruth, I think of. Uh, my ability to multidimensionally communicate, those are just labels, just words. But another way in which that shows up in my life is I think of um, children and adults on the autistic spectrum, and in particular those who are nonverbal. And for some people, I, I make connections to the higher consciousness of the nonverbal child. Or, or, or in a lot of cases, a verbal child, and am able to bring in information for the parents. That's really, really helpful for the parents. So that, you know, that speaks to exactly, Ruth, what you just said. So we say a little mm -hmm. bit more mm -hmm. about that. We're all connected. Yes, well, it's like I said about the Shaolin monks and some of the, uh, the martial arts masters and the yogis in the East because they understood not only was the mind a field, a vast field, but within that vast mm. field there are different, we'd call them frequencies, but different levels, and they can be tuned into, they can be tapped into. And that's the, one of the purposes of meditation, is to um, develop one's sensitivity or sensing capacity to become aware of um, more increasingly subtle frequencies that are out of the range of the, the normal or the average person. And that's only because we haven't developed our, our mind, as in developing our brain or cultivating our sensitivity to be able to mm -hmm. be sensitive to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And interesting enough, um, you know, children on the spectrum like that, their consciousness really is in the higher dimensions, if you will, and um, it's very melodic, the information that comes in from, from that dimension around what, you know, frequency of consciousness. It's very, I feel it almost like listening to music, and the words come through for me any, anyway, very lyrical. And so, Ruth, what comes in this moment is, um, again, one of the loves of my life is in the light of a new day. It is my favorite part of the day. It is when I, am, I feel most in my sacred self is in the light of a new day, just watching the, the light come in for a new day. So 
each time that we're together like this, and thank you so much, listeners, for being here, I want to share with you one of the conscious journey tenets. And so today would be the third of the 44 conscious journey tenets, and they can be found at lifecoachingmagazine.net. Again, that's lifecoachingmagazine.net. So Let's just drop into that now. And I'm looking at this beautiful picture, Ruth. And by the way, this will be an e-book, folks. Um, This is a beautiful Mm. picture. Um, Most of the pictures have been taken by myself and also tapped into Ruth's um, personal photography collection. So there's also Ruth's (laughs) there as well. So here we go. In the light of a new day, you can feel the clear light that refreshes. And if you watch the day by greeting the dawn light with your intentions for that day, you can feel the support of knowing that you are not alone. Knowing that you are a part of the whole of it. Everything is you and you are everything. Every breath you take, you exchange with everyone. We breathe each other in every moment. To not know this is to deny truth. Ah. Hmm. Hmm. What was there, Ruth? What did you hear? Oh, it, 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 it fits so perfectly, doesn't it, for today's theme of empathy. I mean, just that last mm. couple of lines. You know, every breath you take, you exchange with everyone. And we breathe each other in every moment. That's really deep. You know, if you sit with that, that is really deep. We don't think about that. And that's the difference between the cognitive empathy and the affective empathy. We can't know that by thinking about it. Right. It can only be felt. Right. Right. It can only be known well, once we've tuned into this field, the field of the mind. That's when we can know it. Yes. And so in this last segment, um, we're in segment five now, where it's all about parenting and teaching and coaching. To go along with what you just said, Ruth, and, and the whole empathy piece and in the light of a new day and intentioning, <clears throat> excuse me, your breath alone, if you consciously, folks, if you just take this on for the week, consciously know with every breath you breathe in, you are breathing all the molecules of everything and everyone. Breathe it in through your heart. Let your heart just open and receive everything, nature, light, love, people, your human family, your immediate family, all exchanging molecules molecules when you breathe in. And when you exhale, you are sharing you with all of them. It's an exchange. It's a dance. It is oneness. It is movement. It is spirit. Whatever words work for you at this time, just know there's no separation. Our breath is proof of it. There's no separation. Our breath is proof 
as we breathe in and breathe out. Exchanging molecules is all that is. Amazing when you start to move through the world from that way. Let's just look at parenting alone. Or, or it could even be a coworker or your, or your husband or a friend. Let's say, oh, you're having a challenging time. Breathe that person. Think of them and breathe them in through your heart and exchange your heart energy with them without even saying a word. They can't not not show up differently because the field in the room or the field around them, so to speak, the temperature is changing or frequency is changing, whatever language you want to use. There's an exchange happening and they can't help but not be affected. The power of who you are as a being walking through this world knowing that you are, it's Science is proving it now. You are a being of light. Love is the highest frequency of light. Walk through the world knowing that and breathing in and breathing out, knowing that you are exchanging love and light. And if you move into shadow aspects of your own life or shadow aspects of another person's life, bring more light to it consciously by not getting caught with them, you know, in a shadow, so to speak, distortion or, you know, a shadow expression. Talk about personal and spiritual empowerment, personal empowerment to walk through the world knowing that you are love and light, knowing that we are all connected and in our empathic selves, we can't not feel. Beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. I mean, I just think of the grocery store yesterday when I went, woo, what's going on at the grocery? Just notice it and you be different. You just beam love through your eyes, you know, in your in the gentle movements of your body as opposed to, you know, crashing that go to the car to the store to get it all done. Just beam light, beam love everywhere you go as an empath, as, as, as someone who is in feeling. Mm-hmm. And simply, I, I think of this in the moment, you know, many times people said to me, well, what is love? What is it? What is it really? I just say it simply is a feeling. Just start right there. It's a feeling. And when you have a higher thought about a person, place, or situation, ooh, watch the feeling. Start to feel good. Start to feel better. You know, wow. Moving Moving into the space with that just feeling more full of the truth of who you really are, which is love and light. So, Ruth, if if you can, if you will, because, by the way, folks, Ruth just has a fantastic brain that works this way. This is our third show. Would you kind of string some things together on the first show, proof, evidence, science proves we have beings of light, 
And then last week was quantum relating, the new relationship. And then this week, are you an empath? Do you feel other people's feelings and why? Would you kind of just tie all of that in to the now as we get ready to wrap up? Sure. So what we what talk about What is she going to say, folks, huh? What is she going to say? <laughs> I put on the spot. <laughs> sure. Well, go for it, Ruth. <laughs> So in the first in the first show we spoke about the the latest scientific research that shows that our DNA actually emits light and that there is information on this light that our cells whether we're, whether the, the the cells in our own body are con- communicating with each other through light and we're communicating with other people so everybody here right now listening even though you you're just listening all our cells are communicating with each other through light and one of the most important pieces that came from that show is that science is showing us that the amount of light we emit, the amount of light that we shine, changes as a result of our intention. So then if we carry that over into show two and the work that Anya did coaching people on the call and the example that she gave of where she was coaching Murray and Murray's uh, idea uh, and experience and challenges with her with her friend Joan, um, that through the coaching that was done with Anya, Mary was able to feel differently about Joan, intend differently in her relating with Joan, and therefore uh, shine her light differently, which allowed Joan then to be different as a result. And that then created uh, a new reality, a new experience. They could have a new experience of each other in relationship. And then bring that over to this week where we've spoken about empathy. What is empathy? The different kinds and different levels of empathy, whether we're just thinking about what other people are feeling or whether we really have cultivated this sensing capacity so that we can detect what's really going on in the the field, the electromagnetic field that is the human mind. and so wrapping that all together, this is the power of coaching folks. And this is why, you know, next week really dial in early, you know, to, uh, to have some live quantum alchemy coaching with Anya. This is why Anya says that a new perspective is a new reality because through the coaching techniques that Anya uses, through reframing, through up-languaging, people are able to experience that shift in perspective in within themselves and when that happens there's a rewiring in the brain which allows a different experience and a different response in the moment and therefore it really is a different reality so the powerful quantum alchemy coaching on the live on the call with Anya jump in and experience a different reality the coaching line is now closed we're almost out of time today, but next week, jump in and uh, and experience it for yourself, the shift in perspective that really does create a new reality, and the science proves it. Yeah. Okay, Anya? Maybe a bit long, but I've got the piece together. Fantastic. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely, folks. 
and thus that's the name of the show, Quantum Alchemy, because that's what happens. It's it's sub-physical. It's below the physical that all these shifts are happening. And until next time, have fun with your field work, folks. Until then, be well. Now you can also read Anya's unconventional poetry, prose, and musings at clearlight.substack.com. Thank you for listening to the Quantum Alchemy Radio Show. Join us again as hosts, guests, and callers create a new, different, and timely show. We invite you to be the shift that wants to happen in the world.